The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. You're listening to Pure Opelka. Because on this day in 1954, the pledge was changed and the words under God were added to the Pledge of Allegiance. And I have posted on my Twitter account at StuntBrain a poll today, a vital question poll that asks you about the words under God. Do you have a problem with them in the in the Pledge of Allegiance. And right now, I would expect this audience doesn't have a problem with two words that say under God. But you never know. But the weird part, or just the the curious part, the Pledge of Allegiance was written in order to do two things. It was written to coincide with the 400th anniversary of Christopher Columbus' arrival here in the New World. And it was also written to help Get the country united behind one flag. Remember, we were still in the aftermath of the Civil War. The nation was reeling with all of the lost lives. And, and there, were, there were feelings that weren't just going to go away quickly because the Civil War had ended officially. But the story of, of how Francis Bellamy, a minister and the son of a Baptist minister, who ended up working on this Youth Companion magazine and working on a presentation for the 400th anniversary of Christopher Columbus' arrival in the, in the New World and the Columbian Exposition that was happening in 1892, his boss told him to go write the pledge that was going to be in the back of this, this special pamphlet. It's going to be handed out to school kids. And just because the boss thought Bellamy had, quote, a knack for words, he assigned it to him. And the original pledge, I mentioned it before we wrapped up the hour, the original pledge, pretty simple. I pledge allegiance to my flag and the republic for which it stands, one nation, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. He added the, uh, the word to and to the republic to make it flow a little better. And on the Columbus Day ceremony, marking Columbus Day because President Harrison issued the proclamation declaring this a holiday, there were millions of school children all over the country who took part in the ceremony. And Bellamy said he heard the pledge for the first time from someone else on that day, October 21st, when he was in Boston 
and 4,000 high school boys stood and roared the Pledge of Allegiance together. Now, the pledge got into our schools and into our society. And of course, it, it takes almost no time for somebody to say, well, you know, we got to we got to fix that pledge. It's not perfect because everybody's got a twist on stuff. You, you know, as a writer that the opinions are out there, that everybody wants to mess with your work. You think you've got it just right. So it began in 1923, a national flag conference presided over by the American Legion and those wonderful daughters of the American uh, Revolution. They decided that the flag didn't need to be the flag, my flag, but should be changed to the flag of the United States. Now, why would they do that? Well, at that point, there were a lot of people coming to this country, a lot of immigrants coming to this country. And the Daughters of the American Revolution and the American Legion folks thought, you know, there could be some confusion among immigrant children. They would be unclear as to which flag they were saluting. So they refined the pledge to say, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States. And then the following year, they added, of America. On the 50th anniversary of the Pledge of Allegiance, so go fast forward to 1942, Congress put the, the Pledge of Allegiance into the flag code. And I don't know if kids today are learning the flag code. We could not get through fourth grade in our civics class. Do they still teach civics? Uh, our civics class without knowing the flag code and the, the things you have to do with the flag, how you display it, how you properly take care of it, how you get rid of a flag that is worn out, etc. So in 1942, to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the Pledge of Allegiance, Congress put the, the pledge into the flag code. And by then it's everywhere, you know, students reciting it each day at school, but then you got people who say, because of the First Amendment, we don't know if we feel good about this. Jehovah's Witnesses stood up and said, uh, look, uh, reciting a pledge violates our religious rights, our pro prohibition against venerating a graven image, which I guess they considered the flag to be a graven image. The Supreme Court ruled in favor of the Jehovah's Witness in 1943. And they said that no school child should be compelled to recite the pledge. So since 1943, this just wasn't something from Madeleine Murray O'Hare in the 50s, 60s, or 70s. But after 1943, after the Supreme Court, our friends at the Knights of Columbus, a good Catholic fraternal organization, and some others went to Congress and said, hold on a second, we would like to put the phrase, under God, just before indivisible, okay? And uh, on June 14th, this day in 1954, President Dwight Eisenhower signed that bill into law. And they anticipated that the reference to God would end up in the courts and saying this is uh, a violation of the First Amendment. And, and they anticipated this in their wording of the bill which says, quote, a distinction must be made between the existence of a religion 
as an institution and a belief in the sovereignty of God. Adding, the phrase, under God, recognizes only the guidance of God in our national affairs. Well, despite the fact that they anticipated it, that disclaimer being put in there didn't stop anybody. There were litigants from states all over the country citing that the new wording would be a a problem. And now we're still going through this. It goes back and forth and back and forth. And, And then it was into the 21st century with a case from a guy named Michael Newdow, an atheist who claimed that his daughter, a, a young girl, a minor, was being harmed by hearing the pledge at her public school in, pardon me, but you know what state, I'm about to point a finger and wag a finger, California. If she refused to say, under God, she was liable to be branded an outsider and therefore harmed by the school. And the appellate court agreed. The girl's mother, who had custody of the child, told the courts that she does not oppose her daughter reciting the pledge. So there was a little mess up at home. Interesting. Bellamy, the guy who wrote the original pledge, went on to become an advertising executive. And he used to write about the pledge. And um, I wonder where he would stand on it today. I wonder what he would think about the Pledge of Allegiance today. Uh, Maybe he would appreciate the take on the Pledge of Allegiance from a guy that I considered a great American, a guy I ran into on my very first visit to New York. The very first time I got to New York, I ran into... I ran into uh, Red Skelton, the great Red Skelton, outside of Radio City Music Hall. And I had to say something to him because I grew up watching Red Skelton show with our family together. And he was uh, a clean comic. He was a brilliant man. And he was doing a live show at Radio City Music Hall. And I walked up and I just said, hello, I have to say thank you. Our family and I'm 21 years old, our family watched you every week. And he went, well, thank you very much. Walk with me. So I walked with Red Skelton for two blocks. And no, there were no selfies because it was 1979. I want to play for you what Red Skelton told his audience about the Pledge of Allegiance because he explained it beautifully. This one teacher, he was the principal of the Harrison School in Vincennes, Indiana. To me, this was the greatest teacher, a real sage of, of my time, anyhow. He had such wisdom. And we were all reciting the Pledge of Allegiance one day. And he walked over, this little old teacher, Mr. Laswell was his name. Mr. Laswell, and he says, uh, <clears throat> He says, I've been listening to you boys and girls recite the Pledge of Allegiance all semester, and it seems as though it's becoming monotonous to you. If I may, may I recite it and try to explain to you the meaning of each word. I, me, an individual, a committee of one, pledge, dedicate all of my worldly goods to give without self-pity allegiance, my love and my devotion 
to the flag, our standard, O glory, a symbol of freedom. Wherever she waves, there's respect, because your loyalty has given her a dignity that shouts freedom is everybody's job. United, that means that we have all come together. States, individual communities that have united into 48 great states, 48 individual communities with pride and dignity and purpose all divided with imaginary boundaries, yet united to a common purpose, and that's love for country. And to the Republic, Republic, a state in which sovereign power is invested in representatives chosen by the people to govern. And government is the people, and it's from the people to the leaders, not from the leaders to the people for which it stands. One nation, one nation, meaning so blessed by God, indivisible, incapable of being divided, with liberty, which is freedom, the right of power to live one's own life without threats, fear, or some sort of retaliation, and justice, the principle are qualities of dealing fairly with others. For all. For all. Which means, boys and girls, it's as much your country as it is mine. And now, boys and girls, let me hear you recite the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Since I was a small boy, two states have been added to our country, and two words have been added to the Pledge of Allegiance, under God. Wouldn't it be a pity if someone said that is a prayer and that would be eliminated from schools, too. Any questions? Boy, oh boy. Can you imagine a network television show stopping to do that today? Can you even conceive... And yet it's not that long ago. It was 1969 that Red Skelton delivered that. I just, I think some network executives would lose their minds. But I'm glad it exists. I'll tweet out a link to that because I think a lot of you are going to want to see that for yourselves. It's too long ago. No one's doing it in the schools. And I think the explanation of the Pledge of Allegiance is something I wish teachers would do because kids need to understand it. Uh, we, as a, as a child, I don't think we fully understood it, but it's a great story. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. 
They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call a place for mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call a place for mom at 1-800-803-6951. The Blaze Radio Network. On demand.